Hey friends, welcome to Girls' Night. I'm Stephanie Mae Wilson, and I'm so happy that you're here. Each week, I have a girlfriend over, and we talk through one of the biggest questions we have about our lives as women. We're talking about friendships and faith and relationships and self-confidence, about our calling in life and how to live every bit of our lives to the full. Life is so much better and easier and absolutely more fun when we navigate it together as girlfriends, and I cannot wait to get started. Today, we're welcoming back my dear friend, Ainsley Britton, to Girls' Night. Ainsley is an author, a podcast host, and an Enneagram coach, helping young adults embrace their confidence, date healthy, and discover their identities in Christ. She has a new book out called Don't Date a Boo-Boo Dude, Raise Your Standards, Realize Your Worth, and Remove Shame from the Dating Game. And that's what we're talking about today, how we deserve to be treated in a relationship. Here are just a few of the things we're talking about in this episode. We're gonna be talking about what you deserve and what you don't deserve in a relationship. We're talking about what an unhealthy relationship looks like and how to know if you're in one, and then what to do if you are in an unhealthy relationship, if you're in a relationship that's less than you deserve. We're gonna talk about how to ask for the things you want and how to know if you should give this person another shot or if it's time to end it, and that's just the beginning. Friends, if you've ever found yourself settling for less than you want in a relationship because you're worried you won't be able to get more, been there, by the way, this episode is especially for you. But before we dive in, There's one thing that has transformed my relationships more than anything else, and that's counseling. And so that's why I'm so happy to get to tell you about one of my favorite resources, Faithful Counseling. Faithful Counseling is a website where you can get matched up with a Christian counselor for professional online therapy sessions. This is truly the easiest and most affordable way to find a faith-based counselor. Now, you may have heard me talk about Faithful Counseling before, but just in case you haven't, I wanted to give you four quick reasons why I love them so much. The first, it's easy to get started. All you have to do is go to their website, fill out a form about yourself, what you're going through, what you're looking for in a counselor, and within 24 hours, Faithful Counseling will connect you with a licensed, vetted, faith-based professional counselor. Second reason I love them is that it's easy to schedule. Once you're connected to a therapist, you can start communicating with them in less than 24 hours. You can also log into your account at any time and send a message to your therapist and you'll get timely and thoughtful responses back. You can also schedule weekly video or phone sessions. And the best part is you get to do it all virtually, which means no commute, no awkward waiting room time, less time away from work, and you can even do your sessions in your PJs. The third reason I love them is that it's easy to find the right counselor for you. In order for counseling to be truly beneficial, you have to find a counselor you really connect with. And often we don't find the right person on our first try. So then we're stuck going through the whole process of breaking up with our counselor, which can be awkward, and then starting from scratch to find a new one. Both Faithful Counseling, if you don't love your counselor or if you find that you're looking for something different, you can switch by clicking a button. It's easy and it's free. They really make it easy to find the best fit possible. And then the last reason I love them so much is that it's easier to fit into your budget. While I love traditional in-person counseling, it can cost more than $100 per session, which just makes it a total no-go for so many of us. But Faithful Counseling is significantly less expensive and they have financial aid available. And if you sign up through the special link that they gave me, you can get 10% off your first month. Friends, if therapy is something you've been considering or something you think might be helpful for you right now, head on over to stephaniemaywilson.com slash counseling. And that link will also give you the 10% off your first month. Again, that's stephaniemaywilson.com slash counseling for all the info. And you can get 10% off your first month of counseling there too. Thank you so much to Faithful Counseling. I just love getting to partner with you. Okay, now you guys ready? Let's jump into the conversation with Ainsley. 
All right, friends, I am so excited for who we have back on the show today. I'm sitting here with my dear friend, Ainsley Britton. Uh, Ainsley, thanks so much for coming back to Girls Night. Of course, it's my favorite place to be in real life and it's online. In, <laughs> yes, absolutely. I mean, really same. Um, Ainsley, we had you on the show. Um, we've had you on the show before and we're going to link to uh, our previous episode in the show notes because it was so good. Um, we were talking about like healthy and unhealthy relationships and what to do if you're in an unhealthy one. And you have just an absolutely wonderful like perspective and, and just like practical help um, for or when we find ourselves in moments like that. But I'm really excited about today's conversation. Uh, but for women who haven't gotten to meet you yet, tell us who you are, what you do, and a fun fact. Yeah. Um, I am an author, speaker, Enneagram coach, and I help young adults embrace their confidence, date healthy, and discover their identity in Christ. Oh, the fun fact. Oh yeah, I always forget I that. that. <laughs> I know, um, I know. I, okay. The fun fact, and I think that I don't, I always forget about myself, you know, like there's like this thing that's in the filing cabinet in the back of my head that I'm like, I should pull that out more. I was in Vogue magazine whenever I was seven years old. <laughs> it's a what? kid's Vogue, like it's called Vogue Bambini, which is, you know, I guess children or Italian. child and um, yeah. Maybe Italian. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, I was in that whenever I was like seven years old and it was me and a friend of mine and the photographer said, make a silly face. But I guess he had an accent or something. I don't even remember, but I remember I made the silly face and my friend did not. So I look like a fool in print for the rest of my <laughs> life. I'm like, I don't show anybody because I'm like, I look, I'm making a silly face. <laughs> and, so, and she's just like smiling. That's, she's just that's... smiling. That is an amazing fun fact. And <laughs> I mean, Ainsley, you can you can say no to this, but I feel like we need to see this picture. Oh no, I'll say yes. Just gonna I, say. Are you kidding me? I do not care at all. Um yes, okay. I'll find yeah, we're gonna it. need to see this picture. I'll find it and send it to you. Okay, that sounds good. <laughs> um okay, so you also so I mean you mentioned that you're an author. Um you had a book come out. Three months ago? Four months ago? Yeah, I oh, think. Oh my gosh, three. I think it's three months ish. Yeah, is it? I don't know. I, I honestly, so. I'm not sure what today is, and I <laughs> like. I was there celebrating with you. I don't. I don't know what month that was. Um, but it's so good. It's called uh, "Don't Date a Boo Boo Dude." Raise your mm -hmm. standards, realize your worth, and remove shame from the dating game. And I love this because I think that we all have. Well, we. I think we. I, I really want to talk about this because. When I think back to my dating life, there were so many times where I really, really liked someone and I just like, I wanted the relationship to work out more than anything. And yeah. so that was like my only end goal. And I kind of didn't care what else happened along the way. And so yeah. I like settled for all kinds of like treatment of me that mm -hmm. wasn't good or wasn't enough or like, I mean, there were guys that I kind of hung on with forever, even though they barely called me back or barely like, or, you know, only hung out with me. Like, I, I don't know, like didn't- At their convenience. At their convenience or like, didn't want to tell anyone that we were dating because we weren't technically because they didn't want to actually date. But I just was like, something is better than nothing. I'm hanging on for the ride. Um, yes. And- I'm really grateful, like from 
this perspective. Like, you know, Carl and I have been married for a while now. And there were some guys that like didn't, that didn't treat me well, that like, yeah, just were like kind of lukewarm on me. And I was all in for them. Yeah. That I don't know if I would have totally married them, but I would have gotten like pretty far down that road with how much mm-hmm. I liked them if they would have like let me. Mm-hmm. And now, you know, knowing what it's like to be married, having a like a house and jobs and a family and all these things I didn't have, you know, in college when I was, you know, probably dating the most, my my dating volume was at probably its highest. Mm-hmm. Um, I. I can't imagine what my life would have been like if I would have actually married one of those people. Like it just would have been terrible. And those things that I was willing to overlook then would have ballooned into something that would have like really deeply affected me and my daily life and my health and happiness and like the health Mm -hmm. and happiness of my kids and, you know, all these things. So it's like, anyway, but I know how, I think Shakespeare said love is blind and I know how true that is when we really have feelings for someone or when we're like, I just am ready for something to work out, we really do look overlook so many things that we shouldn't. And so anyway, that's why I love the work that you do so much. Um, and that's what I'm so excited to talk through today because you have a perspective that like we don't have when we're in the thick of it because we're just in the thick of it. Right. Um, and so before we dive into like anything else, tell us what what is a boo-boo dude and <laughs> where did that phrase come from? That's like a uniquely... It's a uniquely Ainsley thing, right? I I think so. It's either uniquely Ainsley or uniquely Louisiana. Um, both okay. of those things are hard to separate. Um, <laughs> so if we go all, I mean, we used this phrase in high school that I remember, like I remember using it saying like boo-ba-dude or just boo-boo anything. Like I still say like, oh, that was boo-boo or whatever. It can be a movie. It can be the way I spent my time. It could be anything. But <laughs> anyway, a boo-boo dude specifically can be a wide range of behaviors from you know just not texting back or leaving someone on red or on the back burner, you know, that kind of level, all the way to toxic or abusive behavior. It's really just someone who leads you on, leaves you on red, or leaves you wondering where you stand with them, potentially as a manipulation tactic. And at the core, it's really a guy who's just not treating you how you deserve to be treated. And that is kind of the all-encompassing definition of boo-boo dude. Mm-hmm. But I do I do think that it's been a phrase that I've used. <laughs> I, whenever I think about the phrases that I use on, the, on a regular basis, I'm like, how am I an author? Like, I'm not even <laughs> using English. <laughs> like, I'm saying boo-boo dude. Sometimes if I'm like sick, I say I feel like doo-doo pop. What is that? What is that? It's Louisiana. <laughs> it's Louisiana. I love that so much. That is, I love that so much. There should be like an Ainsley dictionary or like, uh, that is, yeah, that is so amazing. It's just so random. It's so good. It's so good. Um, okay, so I know that you, we, sh- we talked about this a lot in the other episode that we were, that we did together. Um, and so we'll link that, but for women who haven't heard that, can you give us like, just like kind of the cliff's notes of why this message is so important to you in particular? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I found myself in a toxic relationship that turned abusive in college, but I didn't know that it was abusive. Like I just genuinely thought that that was normal. And I think that I thought that because I had settled so many times before that my self-worth just got slowly chipped away at 
until not much was left. And so I settled, you know, the bar was so low that uh, it turned abusive. And again, I didn't know that. I honestly didn't call it abusive until three years later, whenever I talked to someone else who had dated him after me and was like, yeah, that's what that was. And I was like, oh my gosh, I just had no idea. I I had felt that, but no one had confirmed it kind of. Mm -hmm. So just after that, I was looking back at how how did I get there? Because I'm very generally a pretty confident, you know, loud, just out there kind of person. You just, you're, I'm the kind of person that you'd look at and you'd be like, there's no way that you were controlled. You know, that someone tried, someone successfully um, (laughs) was your mouthpiece, you know, (laughs) Um, because I'm just so not what you would think whenever you think of the profile of a victim, quote unquote. So anyway, whenever I started looking back at like, well, how did I get there? I realized, oh, well, in that relationship, I let that guy, uh, you know, treat me this way. And that I settled there. And it was just these little steps of settling that I think uh, lent to the ultimate, you know, settling of that relationship. So that's whenever I was like, okay, I got to tell girls not to settle, even for those little behaviors that you let happen, even for those little things that you're like, ah, it's just him. Like, that's just how he communicates. Mm -mm, Doesn't have to be, doesn't have to be, Mm. doesn't have to be. It's not, you know, I just kept bowing to whatever, I guess not bowing is not the right word, but bending to whatever the guy was doing versus what I wanted because I was so in love with his potential or just hopeful for his potential, or just like the attention, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. there's very much, you know, that card at play as well. And that's whenever I was like, "Mm, we need to call these out and we need to, you know, those guys need to be bending for us before we bend for them in that kind of way. And we need to challenge them to rise up instead of letting them kind of walk all over us. Yeah. Yeah. Can you give us, uh, you know, like I said, I think we, I've totally overlooked things because I'm like, ah, oh, but I like him so much. Like, I'm totally, I mean, and I, I don't know that I would have said this out loud, but there's a chance I would have, would have said, I like, he's a terrible texter and mm-hmm. I never know when I'm going to hear from him yes. or if I'm going to hear from him, but I am willing to live with that because I like him so much. Mm-hmm. But like, I don't have to. I didn't right. have to. You, like, that's not... Being a terrible communicator is not a is not like an okay trait in a relationship. And so... Yeah, it's really um, So can you like... Being on the outside of our individual relationships, can you give us like as many boo-boo traits as possible? Because I think we're just like... I, I still would have been like, that's not... It's fine. It's fine. But like, yeah. I think hearing things out loud going, oh, that was on that list. Like, yeah, yeah. Maybe this, like, it just helps us have like a clearer picture of what's going on. So yeah, give us as long of a list as you can of like some boo-boo behaviors. Yeah, I'm actually thinking, so I wrote a bunch in this book and I'll read a couple of them, but I'm thinking of real life conversations that I've had recently. And I want to start with them because it's at the top of my head. So I'm thinking about the time that, recently that someone said that the guy that she was dating 
the night before, you know, like they, they were dating yesterday, they had broken up and she was walking home alone at night from wherever they were out. And he let her walk home alone at night. And it may have not been far, maybe like a quarter of a mile, but I don't really care. I don't care if she's, she shouldn't be walking home alone or just going home alone at night. Like at least, I don't know, make sure that you are going home safely and not alone, period, no matter what, because it's just dangerous out there in those streets, no matter where you are. Um, what about the girl wanted to avoid the guy? Like the, they were just not on talking terms. They ran into each other physically, like in a class, outside of a class. And she walked away, like she just turned around and walked away. And he texted her and was like, oh, you're really going to let, you're really going to act like that? Mm-mm. Don't let that phrase ever come across my screen. Don't let that mm. phrase, you're really going to blank. Oh, you're really going to do that. Oh, you're really going to act like that. No. Because you know what I want her to say? Yes, I am. Because that's my boundary. But anyway, we'll get there. Um, those are just like two examples that I, I'm like, oh yeah, that just happened. But let's talk mm. about, um, you know, ghosting. Obviously, that's going to be a boo-boo behavior right off the bat. What about Casper? This one is the friendly ghost. Okay where you like he ghosts you but then he's really nice in person and you're like I'm sorry what you know there's the one ghost that just is gone you never see them again Mm -hmm. Casper is the friendly ghost where he stops showing up on your text or snapchat or whatever but then when you see him in person he acts like nothing happened and you're like that is so confusing (laughs) that's so confusing orbiting is they cut off communication with someone but still interact with them on social media like not not in person not in text but only on social media <laughs> you're just like he watched my stories my I, ju- I can see i can see that you yeah. watched my like yeah. don't do that to my brain yeah mm-hmm. okay breadcrumbing um where they'll like just toss you a little communication here and there just enough to keep you hanging on Kind of like what you were talking about. You don't know when you're going to hear from them, but they'll just keep you hanging on just a little bit, just a little bit. And Mm -hmm. this one is my, this one kills me. It's the circle back guy. This is the guy who you go through the relationship breakup process about every six months to a year because you, he waits long enough to come back for you to forget why you hate it. You know what I'm saying? Mm Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. one drives me nuts because I'm like, mm-hmm. I forgot. Like, this is why you're. I'm so mad at you. This is why I should. Mm-hmm. I should not be going getting back with you because yes, you keep doing the same thing. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, yes. I'm trying to think of any more. Did any more come to your mind? I know you and I have had this conversation multiple times. I think it's it's boo boo or a red flag if someone's like. I'm not looking for a serious relationship, but I want all of the other things from you. Yes. Like it's no, the the commitment has to come first. Like all the other stuff like of, you know, spending a ton of time together, talking about everything, you know, like your your title needs to match the relationship. Uh-huh. And when there's like a a disconnect there, that like that's a that it's time to disconnect. Yes. Um, I dated a guy who we were like actually dating. We were actually in a relationship, but he felt weird like treating me like his girlfriend in front of basically anyone he knew. Uh-uh. And I, I still like don't have a clue what was up with that. And I was not trying to like 
make out in front of his parents or something. Like, right. I, like listen, right. let's have some, let's have some boundaries here. Let's have some like you know general sense of decorum, I guess. Um, but it, like, yeah, we would like I don't know go to church together or something, and he just he wouldn't like he didn't want to. I like talk to me mm-hmm. <laughs> in front of people. And that is so like his reasoning may have been so like honorable or I mean his his reasoning may have been maybe <laughs> like good in his mind or something but even if it was like it made my mind go nuts, you know? Like yeah. what is wrong with me? Are you like ashamed of me or um so yeah, anyone who like doesn't want to be seen with you is um uh, or sort of like take ownership of the fact that you guys are in a relationship in front of other people, that is, that's a, a, a red flag, I would say. Yeah. And I think that the phrase right now that actually I've seen before, but I saw it again on TikTok the other day was, it was like she was showing text between, she said, it's me and my situationship. Mm-hmm. I'm like, Mm-mm, get out of there. Get, mm-hmm. get out of that situationship. <laughs> like, yeah. No. Bye. And the thing is, yep. the text that she was showing, I just can't believe that those texts were ever exchanged by between two people because they were so rude and degrading. And then on the next slide, it was like, "I want to, I want to cuddle with you right now." And then cu- calling her, you know, a b word and like all this stuff. And I'm like, "You're going back and forth, like, you know, from rude to kind to rude to kind." And I'm like, "This is awful. This is yeah. awful." There's no way that this relationship, well, situationship is life-giving and is, you know, challenging you to be a better person and reminding you of your value. There's no way because I'm reading your text messages and uh-uh, I don't believe it. That is like, that. I mean, honestly, I didn't even think to go, I didn't even think to go there. Like if anyone calls you names or yeah. cusses at you or yells at you. Even if like, it's a joke. Even if it's, it's a joke. It's not funny. It, yeah, it's not funny. It's not funny if someone like disrespects you or doesn't care about the things you have to say or doesn't listen to you or doesn't honor the things that you tell them are important. Mm-hmm. Um, someone who doesn't, I mean, we kind of talked like make time for you or... Yeah, or just um, show up. Yeah. So if, if you don't know that he's going up. to show up. Okay, so this is like truly one of the this was one of the most like, I can't believe this is happening moments of my whole life. Right after my girls were born. uh, So I had a C-section. So you go into like, I mean, I haven't had actual surgery in a really long time. And so I didn't other than this. And so I like don't know how it normally goes. But we, so like after the C-section, they brought me into this like recovery area. And it was like um, just a big room with curtains in between the beds. Um, And we were in there for like a couple hours before we were moved to our room. And so it was weird because it was like November 2020. So it was like in the thick of COVID. I'm like in a room with a whole bunch of people and I haven't been in a really long time. Um, And so I could hear another mom who just had a baby in the next curtain. And so she was probably like eight feet away from me or something, but there was curtains I couldn't see her. And she is on the phone with her person, her partner, her situationship or whatever. And she is like, where are you? Like, I thought that you were going to go get something from the car. Did you leave? Mm -mm. And then she goes, are you at a bar? Where are you? Like, you need to come back here. And I mean, they're kind of fighting over the phone. And he, she had had surgery no less than an hour before. 
like had had a baby, was in surgery recovery. Like I'm not, I mean, I'm, the anesthesia is still like, I mean, it was, we we just got out of surgery and she's next to me. And she like, yeah, he went to go get something from the car and then ended up leaving. And we went to like a bar to have a couple drinks with a friend or something like truly right after she had surgery. And that was Mm -hmm. one of those moments where I like, I mean, I'm saying, I'm like, what do we do? Like, is there anything we can do for her? Like, is there any, what does she need? I mean, I'm like sitting and we, I know she can hear me. And so I'm texting Carl. So I I have like two 20 minute old babies lying on my chest, but I'm texting (laughs) Carl trying to like not let her see being like, do we need to say something? Like, I mean, is she okay? Is this, is she safe? Like what is happening? And I just like someone not showing up or not knowing if someone is going to show up is like, less of a big deal when it's like, you know, you're just hanging out with friends on the weekend. But but then at some point it becomes like your birthday or yeah. like, and then that really sucks. And then at some point it becomes like an important event or dinner with your parents or yeah. um, a time when you need help or like your basement floods or, or you are having, you had a baby like, yeah. you know, 20 minutes before and like not showing up is a really huge deal. And I think it just like, we don't picture it that way. Especially in that moment whenever you're younger, I guess, because you just think it's not that serious. But it's, and, and the relationship doesn't have to be a serious relationship to affect you seriously. Like you mm -hmm. can be seriously affected by a casual relationship and not realize it. Because you're in your head, you're like, no, this is not a big deal. I don't, I don't, it's casual. Like I'm not, I'm not falling for him, but you're settling for him because of, you know, X, Y, Z reason. And that's going to chip away at you like it chipped away at me. And then you're going to look up and you're going to be like, whoa, how did this happen? I don't know if like, I was actually just talking to friends about this the other night. I don't know if I ever... I mean, I probably was in a couple casual situations. Like I definitely was in some casual situation chips. I don't know that I was ever looking for casual. Mm. Like truly. I mean, I, I know that like it can be fun. It's like, I'm just, I'm just trying to have fun. I'm just trying, you know, I'm whatever. I think that for me, for me personally, dating, yeah. like you don't need to go into a dating situation knowing that this is your person. Anyone who says that you do is like, hasn't dated. <laughs> it's, yeah. Like it doesn't, it just doesn't work that way. Um, you need to like know someone's last name and their coffee order and like, you know, something about their life and their past before you'll have any clue whether or not this is your person. Like you just need yeah. to spend some time with them first. Yeah. So dating is fun and you can go into dating with like a light heart and and you should because it makes it so much easier. Yeah. Um, and more successful. But like anytime I would meet someone, you know, that I was like remotely interested in, I was of course hoping that it went somewhere. Yeah. You know, like I was hoping that like that things progressed, that like he liked me, that that I continued to like him. Like I was really I was hoping for a relationship every time. And so I think that there's like something to be said for really examining your heart and knowing, like being honest with yourself about what you're looking for. Because I do think that if I would have, and I I mean I did this some if I would have like casually dated and said it was casual, I'm not being honest with myself or the other person about what I'm actually looking for. And so I'm not getting what I'm looking for. 
And the other thing about, and I'm kind of skipping ahead, but this is like a soapbox I could stand on forever, is when you're dating someone who's who you know is not the right person for you, or like it's not going anywhere, or you're like hanging on with like an ex-boyfriend, you guys are still basically acting like you're together, but you're not officially together or whatever. There is a, I've talked about this so much, but there's like a top spot in your life for a like person romantically. Yeah. If you like, I picture it like an Olympic podium or something like that. Like, yeah. there's just like, there's a spot for one person at the top. Yeah. And if you have that spot filled by someone, you like by the wrong person, you're not going to have room for the right person when the right person comes along. And like, dating someone new is hard. It's awkward. It's like, it's like going on a first date, especially when you're on like 20th date level with somebody else, that mm-hmm. first date person does not stand a chance. You're going to be so uncomfortable with them. They don't know your history. You're like starting over with them is so uncomfortable. Yeah. And so if you have a comfort person, like if you have a person that feels like old worn in sweatpants and someone's offering you like stilettos, you're going to choose the sweatpants every yeah. time. Yeah. You're not going to give this like stiletto guy a chance to like break in and become sweatpants and a, a pair that actually fits you better. Right. Um, because you, because it's your top spot is occupied, and so that's why like keeping someone on the back burner or you know breaking up with someone but not like actually really breaking free and and making it a clean break is so damaging because just no one else has a chance. Like if you have really strong feelings for someone, no one new has a chance with you, um, yeah. and so you're gonna miss out on actually the right relationship because you're like so busy. Entertaining something else. Entertaining the wrong one. Yeah. 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 And I think that I even said whenever I was casually dating, quote unquote, I had the same hope that you did that you were talking about. I absolutely had that same hope, but I said that I didn't care. You know, Uh like I was just like, oh yeah, whatever. Like no big deal. (laughs) But the truth is that I cared a lot. Yeah. But I just didn't want... I was, it was a defense mechanism, right? I didn't want, if it didn't work out, I didn't want you to know how disappointed that I would be. So Mm -hmm. I was trying to get ahead of, you know, whatever, whatever that looked like. But, and I I also had students whenever I was a high school minister that would say the same thing. Like, well, I'm, I'm the one that doesn't want anything serious. And I'm like, A, are you sure? And B, you don't think that's a reflection of something that might be hurting? You you don't think that there's some there's some core longing that you're trying to fill in an unhealthy way, and that's honestly one of the reasons I became an Enneagram coach is to identify these core longings that we are looking for in empty places, and we're putting our worth in the hands of the unworthy over and over and over again. Why? Why are we doing that? And it it's these macro or these micro decisions that lead to this macro impact. And I think the Enneagram is such a helpful tool in identifying, oh, it's because I want to feel wanted. And this is just a really quick fix on how to feel wanted. It's it's yeah. not fulfilling, but it's it's the thing I can text and hope to get a text back. And that text mm-hmm. back tells me I'm wanted, but does it? Does it? I don't know. <laughs> those are all the yeah. things that, that I think play into those settling and those little micro decisions that lead to you filling up that podium spot or wearing <laughs> the old sweatpants that probably stink at this point because you haven't washed them enough. So throw them out. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, Get there's a difference between out. like good old sweatpants and like it's time to go. Yeah. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. As many of you know, I recently wrote a book, and while it was the most rewarding project of my career so far, it also came with a lot of hard work and long nights. And sometimes when things started to feel a little bit overwhelming, I needed to get a few things off my chest so I could clear my mind and keep the writing process flowing. And the thing that helped me so much to sort through those feelings was therapy. Now tell me if any of this sounds familiar. Maybe you're going through something really hard right now, a big loss or a gigantic life transition. Maybe you frequently feel anxious, depressed, overwhelmed, or just generally discouraged. Maybe you really, really, really want your life circumstances to change, but you don't know how to actually change them. Or maybe you're feeling stuck as you try to work through your past, navigate your present, or figure out your future. Friend, if you can relate to any of this, you're not alone. I've been there, and therapy has been the thing that has helped me more than anything else with all of this. In the last 10 years or so, I've learned that strength isn't proving I can do it on my own. It's knowing that I don't have to. I'm at my strongest when I have a full support system around me, and an essential part of my support system is therapy. Therapy can be absolutely life-changing, that is, if you can afford it and find a therapist you like and trust. But of course, this is easier said than done. And that's why I'm so excited to be partnering with this week's podcast sponsor. Our sponsor for today's episode is BetterHelp. BetterHelp is the easiest and most affordable way I've ever found to find a great therapist. It's entirely online and super easy to sign up. You can get started right away. And if you don't love the counselor you're paired with, switching is easy and it's free. If you're going through something hard in your relationships, or if you're in a funk you just can't shake, if you've been feeling anxious or depressed lately, or if you're feeling stressed and you need help balancing your everyday life and schedule, BetterHelp is an incredible resource for you. And I'm so thankful that they've given me a promo code that I can share with you to make it even easier to get started. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com friendship today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash friendship. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. Friends, springtime is finally here, but that also means allergy season is in full swing. I have always struggled with allergies and I don't know about you, but I am especially allergic to cats. More on that in a second. Well, luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. The time that I use Claritin the absolute most is when I'm at my parents' house, my childhood home. They have this absolutely beautiful cat that they love and I like, except for the fact that he sheds so much. So that means that I'm basically sneezing from the second I arrive home to the second I leave, unless I take Claritin. 
My dad has even started having it ready for me right when I walk in the door. Are you ready to live life as though you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. Claritin, thank you so much for sponsoring our girls' night. We love having you. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I, I love how you said a little while ago that it doesn't have to be a serious relationship for it to seriously impact you. Mm-hmm. That's one of the things that we've talked about a lot in like my Love Your Single Life course is yeah. that well, like one of the exercises we do is we go back and look through um, past relationships. And a lot of women will be like, I don't have past relationships. Like there's nothing for me to look back at. Mm-hmm. Um, and we always talk about it. It's like, it doesn't have to be an official relationship for you to like look back at it and learn from it and kind of take a look at what happened there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, one of the things that a lot of women will discover is they'll be like, I liked someone and I never told him or I never oh, yeah. like went after this thing at all. Like I never even like, tried to be near him enough where he could actually talk to me and get to know me, you know? Yeah, yeah. And so it was like, okay, but why, like, why? What was keeping you from like going to sit by him, you know? So you could like strike up a conversation. Um, and so those are the kinds of things that like we end up talking about. But uh, one of the relationships that like impacted me most was just with a friend. Mm-hmm. And we were never more than friends, but we were always more than friends. And yes. um, so I, someone awesome, not Carl, this was all, all pre-Carl, but someone who was like a great person. I met them and they started to like really pursue me. Like just were like, I like you. I want to get to know you. We're doing all the right things. Um, and I remember one time like really early in when I was talking to this new person and they're do- yeah, they're really doing all the right things. Like this is a relationship and we ended up dating for a year. But so this was a relationship that was like starting. But I remember one of the times when I'm talking, so I'm talking to this new person, but being with this friend of mine and Mm. the new person like could just, I remember just sitting there comparing them and being like, I'm grateful that I'm, you know, I'm happy. I'm grateful that this person is like, you know, pursuing me this way, but I so wish it was this guy instead. Like, I so wish that like my friend would do this instead. And, and it just was like, it took a, like, it just was really hard for me to like, even accept or acknowledge any of the new things that were coming for me because my heart was just already gone. Like it just was already occupied. And so I remember like, I think I was like with the friend and with a group of friends and I got a text from the new guy and I just like, if if my friend didn't exist, I would have been so excited. I would have been so into it. I would have like totally fallen for him, but he just looked so new and unfamiliar. And like, I don't know, it just, he was, he just... I like I didn't want to start over. I just wanted yeah. this other relationship to work out. And so like I just remember sitting there going, "Oh man, like he he almost doesn't have a chance because yeah. my heart is already given away to someone who hasn't asked for it and it doesn't deserve it." Yeah. Um 
Yeah. I always think about like, I think whenever I was younger, I would always be like, yeah, male best friends, like not a problem. Like there's no way, there's no wrong in that. Like you can have a best friend of the opposite sex. And when I thought about it, I'm like, sure, there's not, there's not necessarily a problem all the time, but think about what you're building whenever you have a, a quote unquote male best friend, like in that position, right? Because whenever you're married, that your, your marriage is built off of friendship. It's off of an intimacy that, um, that you work on. And when you think about it, are you trying, are you working on this with another person? You know, like that, it's just think about the foundation that you're building with a friendship and where is it going to go? Mm-hmm. Is the, and then is, would you be okay if your significant other had that kind of foundation built with someone else? We see well, it in and movies like, all the time that that's the, <laughs> it doesn't work yeah, out. Yeah, and they end up and with a friend. Yes. it's real life. <laughs> yes. Well, and like you, you, it's like you come home at the end of the day and you had a big day and you know, you have a lot to process and you like come home and you like say hi to your spouse and then you hop on the phone with your best guy friend and tell him all about your day. Like Yikes. it's just, it falls apart somewhere. And at some point, like you're giving something to a friend that like you should be giving to, that like your spouse wants. Like that's right. why they're, that's why you're married. That's what they want from you. And it is different from like, I don't know. It's it's so nuanced because I think some people are like, I could never have a best friend, you know, like I could never have a best guy friend and have it not be romantic. But then other people are like, I totally can. But I think it's just, it just gets a little bit more, it just gets a little more complicated. And then, yeah, it brings yeah. up questions with like, if you if this is your best person, your closest person, how is that going to feel to someone like who wants to date you and marry you? Like the the hope is that that is your closest person. Exactly. And I still have friends that are male. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. they're my friends. Totally. But as far as that inner circle, the people that I'm going to call whenever I need a shoulder, whenever I need whoever's in my emergency contacts list, Mm-hmm. It's not going to be my male friends, you know, that are yeah. still great people. Have They're great people in general. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Love them to death. Yeah. But there's, I think there's, there's a difference in the proximity and the foundation and the things that you're investing in these people that, you know, are your nearest and dearest. And I think that that's really what matters to me. And that's what differentiates it for me because you can have you know, relationships with who, whatever, whoever, but it's what you're investing, what you're pouring in and is it misplaced? Should it be, yeah. should you be investing and pouring in elsewhere? And are you looking for something in that, that maybe you're trying to find fulfillment in that you should find it elsewhere, right? In your is- own self-worth and your own self-confidence. Like, I don't know, that's what, that's, those are my, differentiations whenever I think about that. I think I, I love that you said that because it's not it's not one size fits all. And like there are people who are able to have, you know, great friendships. You know, like I have girlfriends who have great guy friends that they have like really strong relationships with. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, but the other, I mean, the other consideration is like, how will this guy's wife feel about right. him like texting you all the time? And I just, it has to be a really, I think it has to, it's not impossible. I think it has to be a really unique situation for that to not 
be crossing any weird lines and for her to feel okay with it, like his wife to feel okay with it and your husband to feel okay with it. Like it has to just be a really unique relationship for that not to be something that harms each of your marriages. And then the other thing is like, I like how you said investing. It's like you have a limited amount of dollars. You know, it's like, say you have $100 and you get to invest that in different people in your life. If you're pouring it all into one place, that means it's not going into a different place. And so that's like another way to kind of think about it is not where is it going, but where is it not going? And does it like, does someone else need it more? And I mean, we have to think about that with all of our all of our relationships, you know, like, you know, I think you and I are both probably in a seat, like you and I both have new relationships in our lives, in our kids, you know, Mm -hmm. we have like tiny humans who need us more than anyone has ever needed us. And so that means that like, we just don't have as much like, you know, meet a new friend for coffee kind of time because like our hundred dollars is, is being like, used a little bit by these tiny humans. (laughs) Um, But that won't always be the case. You know, like we'll have, like we'll, you know, they'll be a little bit more independent or they'll go to school or something like that. We'll have some of that money back and we'll be able to put it in a new place. But we're always, always trying to figure out how how to dole out the resources that we have and our time and our energy and our love and our intimacy is, those are some of those resources. And if we're giving them to someone, that means we're not giving them to someone else and just making sure that they're going to the right people. Absolutely. Anytime that I commit anything with work, you know, work-wise, I always think my yes to this is my no to Goldie. And is it worth it? Even, you know, I have Mm -hmm. two trips coming up next week and I have to make sure that these trips are worth it because my yes to them is my no somewhere else, to my Mm -hmm. home, to my husband, to my daughter. So which one is more valuable and can I afford the loss, you know, is the gain greater than the loss? And I think that often when I didn't, when I was living in a scarcity mindset or whenever I was grappling for any kind of success or attention, I'm thinking of this from a work lens, but you can also think of this from a relational lens. When I was in a scarcity mindset, when I had lost hope, whenever I was desperate for something, I would take the lowest hanging fruit. And that, yes, was more sacrificial than if I just would have said no and waited for something better. You know, I sacrificed much more of my time, of my energy, of my effort. And if I just would have waited, if I just would have waited, there would have been so much more um, on, on the other side of the waiting. And I think that that same thing can be applied relationally, where it's like, if you can just say no to these little settling moments where you're, you're letting this guy you know, treat you as a convenience rather than a priority. If you can just realize your worth, you will wait on the other side of that waiting is your confidence, is your your value that you're able to step into and that you will not make any compromises, that you won't be any on the back burner for anybody because you won't settle for it. And man, mm-hmm you're going to meet someone who has the same kind of standard and that is going to be a partnering rather than a settling. And that is going to be so fulfilling and so exciting. And you're going to be like, oh my gosh, you know, I just had a student that recently entered into a relationship like that. And she kept saying, you know, it's just weird because it's boring. Like it's, there's no fighting. 
And it's funny that the word that she used, I've heard it a couple of times, is boring for a relationship where you're not fighting or arguing or something like that. And I'm like, okay, we probably should change that word because it's boring has a um, lamer connotation. But let me tell you, the boring quote unquote is so fulfilling. <laughs> I'm like, it's so refreshing to be bored. <laughs> yeah, you know? to not feel like your hair's on fire and like, it's, yeah, you're and constantly... you're wondering, you're pacing, you're spending so much mental energy on one, on whatever he's doing. And you're like, no, it's because we are a partnership, a relationship more mm-hmm. than a situationship yeah. that you don't yeah. know what's going on. Yeah. I love that so much. That was a, well, and, a long tangent, sorry. <laughs> no, I, no, I love this so much. I think that that's like, you really hit on one of the things that I think keeps us in these relation these situationships is that we we feel like something is better than nothing yeah and I, I think that that's just not true like yeah. because you're you're I think being in any old relationship or any relationship is lo- being in the wrong relationship I think is more lonely than being alone yeah one hundred percent and and so it's like if you don't put someone who doesn't treat you well in that top spot then like you can sit in that top spot. God can sit in that top spot. Your friends can sit in that top spot. Like you have more time and energy for things that are actually going to give you something back. And like, and then also you're you're more ready for something great, you know, a romantic relationship when it comes along because of all that work that you've done and because of the the spot that you've saved and because you didn't give it away to someone who like wasn't gonna like, you know, appreciate it. Yeah. Um Definitely. I feel like it's like the difference between eating like, I don't know, this this analogy is totally going to fall apart. So don't like... You're the best at analogies. There's no way it's going to fall apart. I'm here for no it. No way. I think it's going to fall apart. <laughs> I need to work on this for a little bit. Um, it's it's like uh, you're sitting down to eat like a Twinkie. Like when was the last time you <laughs> ate a Twinkie? Like those things like don't decompose, right? Yeah. Right? They like just yeah. like live forever. So you're basically putting like styrofoam in your body that's going to make you feel weird and gross and like you're still hungry because you just ate styrofoam and like it's not going to ever break down. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's like settling for something that's just like not going to fulfill you. I mean, it might keep you full for a couple minutes versus like eating something that's like really good and nutritious for actually your body and that's investing in yourself and investing in your other relationships and like growing as a person and then like really you've turned down a Twinkie for like the best pasta dish you've ever had in your life or like insert your favorite food here. Um, It's just like, don't fill up, like don't fill up before the good dinner. And if you do, if you're going to eat something, at least eat something that's good for you. Right. Well, I actually think that's a really good analogy because there is so much tied up into just, I don't know, that the, the picture of all of that. Like you can see it. You can see the settling. You can see, like last night I ate, um, some candy. And I was like, this is not as good as I remember it. <laughs> this was not as satisfying. I'm upset that I wasted time, energy, and a craving on this because I'm now like going to have this sugar spike that I don't want and uh-huh. it's going to crash. And that's kind of yeah. how those emotions are. Whenever you settle, your emotions have a little spike and then they're going to crash down because it's not sustainable. And the difference between what you were talking about before, like loneliness versus aloneness, they don't have to be the same thing. Just because you're sitting Mm -hmm. in your apartment alone doesn't mean that you have to be lonely. 
fill that time up with self-improvement or self-care, read about the Enneagram or, you know, learn more about yourself because the more that you learn about your worth and your value, the more you'll hold on to it and the more you'll start to believe it. And then the more you'll start to hold someone that you're dating to that standard to treat you as well as if you are being treated. No, no, no. What am I trying to say? I'm trying to say that you have to be treating yourself well in order for someone else to treat you well. And so just think about the time. What are you doing when you're alone? Are you treating yourself well? Are you feeding yourself well? Exactly what you're saying, exactly playing off of your analogy. Are you treating, getting your body moving? Are you treating yourself well? Because whenever you are and someone else isn't, then you're going to be like, no, that's not, that's not, mm-mm. that's not how I'm to be treated. And then yes. they will either fall away or rise to the challenge. Yes. Okay. I love everything about this. Tell me, so I think that that's one of the, you know, if we're in a situationship, you know, when we talk, we've talked about boundaries so much on the show oh, because yeah. I am obsessed with them. Um, I Level. just have learned so much about boundaries in the last handful of years and it's been so freeing. Um, <laughs> but like when it comes to setting a boundary with someone, a new boundary with someone, you need to figure out what the boundary is first for yourself. And so that requires that time of like self reflection of understanding yourself, of, of actually understanding what you need. And that's, I mean, that's the process of being like, am I looking to just like be casual or do I actually want a relationship? Like you need to figure that out. Yeah. Um, or or what makes you feel loved or what makes you feel safe or what makes you feel, what what like makes it not feel like your hair is on fire and you <sighs> feel like this person is constantly going to, is on the brink of disappearing. Like what what do you require in a relationship? Um, but then you have to communicate it to the person. Yeah. And so we can't hold people accountable to to live within boundaries that we haven't communicated. So yeah. we have to tell the person, hey, listen, like you need to, I need to like hear from you on a regular basis. And yeah. no, that is not too much to ask. Yes. Um, and then they get to, and then, but there has to be sort of a consequence for it where it's like, if I'm going to be in a relationship with you, I need to hear from you at least every other day. Like that's a like yes. that's a pretty low bar. Like that's that is a very reasonable thing to ask. Mm-hmm. But then the the second half of that is if I don't, I can't keep doing this. Right. And you have to actually mean it and it has yeah. to actually happen. And so and I think you give people like two chances or something like say like if it is hearing from someone every other day. Like, let's say he does it for a while and then he just drops off the map for like a week. And then when you do talk again, you're like, hey, remember, I like in order to be in a relationship with you, I need to hear from you like every other day. I can't have you just disappear for a week. Um, right. And so I, I want to give this one more try. But if you can't hold up your end of the bargain, then I'm going to need to end this. Yeah. And then you give him one more try. And then if he disappears again, then you actually need to end it. And like, that's what it, that's what setting a boundary looks like. Mm-hmm. But what do we do about... I, I think that a really natural response from someone who is is unhealthy from a boo-boo dude is when you ask for what you need, they respond with telling you that you're high maintenance. So how yeah. do we figure out what we need and like actually like, one, believe that it's not too much to ask. Like what 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 can we ask for? Um, let's, yeah, what, let's start there. What can we ask for from a relationship? Like what is what is not... 
what is a legitimate, like if we're saying like, I would like um, a dozen roses delivered to my house every day. Like that is too much. That is expensive. <laughs> that is wasteful. Like you do not need that. That is, a, that is a, currently my girls are learning how to talk and they learned how to say, I want this, but oh. now they're saying, I need this. <laughs> and so they'll like reach for anything they can see and say, I need it. And we're yeah. like, buddy, you don't need to hold the car keys. You want to hold the car keys. Right. You don't need a popsicle. You want a popsicle. And so right. I, like, anyway, so that's like, you don't need a dozen roses every day. You may want that. But so how do we figure out like what we actually need and what's realistic to ask for? I Here's the thing about the high maintenance thing. I want to go back to that because whenever you think of maintaining anything in your life, the better you maintain it, or I guess the, you know, word for the higher you maintain the thing, the better it is. The more often that you clean your house, the cleaner it is, the more peace you will have in that area. The, you know, I'm trying to think of different examples, but if you're thinking of friendships, the more that you put into your friendships, the more you're going to get out of them. The more you do, the higher the maintenance, the more fruit that you're going to see and you're going to have. So I don't buy it. I don't buy high maintenance for a person because I'm just like, that shows me someone who just knows how to take care of themselves and the people around them and their things and their their life. You know, I... If you want the guy to come to the door, if you are picking you up at a date, if you want the guy to not just honk their horn whenever they come get you to let you know they're there, I don't think that's a problem. If you want, if you live with your parents and you want that guy to communicate with your parents every single time he comes in to pick you up, I don't think that's a problem. I mean, that shows that you want a relationship to be built. Right, exactly. We're like, that's manners. Yeah. It is. But the thing is, is that that sounds so mind blowing to so many people right now. And that's the problem. Yeah. That's the problem that we've let people say that we're high maintenance as if it's a bad thing. As if it's not a, 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 the reason that I ask this is because I know that I'm worth this. It's not a bad thing. Yeah. A dozen roses every day is excessive. And that shows me like, what are you trying to have someone prove something to you? Because then that's just, you know, not nice. That's, that's not kind of manipulation. Kind. On that's the other, manipulation. On the other end. Yeah. 100%. 100%. So know what your intentions are. But if it's, you know, your worth and this is the treatment that you expect, live in it. Ask it. Expect it. And if it's not given to you, not obviously have some grace if the grace is, you know, there. Like, if he has a broken foot, he can't walk to the door. Like, okay, got it. No problem. Like there's some bending for sure. But you know what I'm saying? Like within reason, take care of the things that are important to you. And the other person will recognize that and they will also take care of those things too. I think. Yes. Yes. I could go into some examples, but now I'm like, I'm not going to say some of these things out loud. So we're going to (laughs) continue. Well, I'm thinking about like um, taking care of plants. And, yeah, like, let's go there. <laughs> there's like a, a thing that like 
like we adapt to our environment, you know, like as, as, as our job as living things is to like survive, right? And mm-hmm. so I think that like plants like cactuses, cacti have learned to survive with very little water because that is the environment they live in. And so they've adapted to need very little water. Yeah. And so they are, they are okay living in the desert. They can survive. But like, and I guess that like, I think for a lot of my life, I like tried to adapt to be a cactus. Like, if, okay, yeah, I'm just going to need, need less and need less and need less so that no one, I never am in a position where I want more than someone wants to give me. Mm-hmm. But it's like, I don't want to be a cactus. Like I don't want to need the bare minimum and to to yeah. ask to ask for the bare minimum and to need the bare minimum and to be able to survive on the bare minimum. I want to flourish and flower yeah. and bloom. And exactly. I guess cactuses bloom too, but you know what I mean. I know um, what I mean. <laughs> but like so it's yeah, I think that we adapt ourselves thinking, I mean, I had people directly tell me that I was high maintenance and that that's why they didn't me too. want to be with me. And like, I mean, I carried that around for years, but actually it wasn't true. And like, I actually got to hear from the people that told me this, like, actually that wasn't true. Like, I mean, that's not why we broke up. It's not, but I believed it was for a really long time. And so I just tried to be less. And I think a lot of us do that, but I I don't want to be someone who expects the bare minimum and can survive on the bare minimum. I want to like be invested in and invest mm-hmm. back. Like I just want more than that. And I love how you said like, you get out what you put in and I want someone who wants to get out a lot and wants to put in a lot and I want to yeah. do the same for them. Yeah. And that is a relationship. <laughs> you know, it's not a situationship. It's a two-way street. If you feel like it's a one-way relationship, bye. Mm-hmm. Bye. Yeah. Bye. And don't be how afraid do to we... be the one that got away. Don't be afraid to be the one that got away because just risk it. I mean, it's just so worth the risk to be the one that got away. I had three different guys tell me that I was the one, and I'm not trying to toot my own horn. This just actually happened. So I don't know, you know, these are the facts. Three different guys be like, you were the one that got away. And I'm like, and whose fault is that? Hmm. Not mine. And the, the thing <laughs> we're afraid of is that those guys are better than the person you ended up with, like that they're also like, by letting you go, you missed out on the best person you were going to have. And like, that's not the case. It's just exactly. God said, no, I love you more than that. (laughs) What? um, I I think in the, the fear in this, and I don't know if anyone else is like feeling this right now, but like, what if this guy isn't out there? Like, what if a better person doesn't exist? What if there isn't a person out there who will treat us the way that we deserve to be treated? Like, it feels like our options are like, take some crumbs, like, or be alone. And like, are there people who will treat us this way? Yeah, I think that um, that is that is definitely the most common fear, I think. And that is a scarcity mindset. And my question in return is, but what if there is? Are you ready? Mm-hmm. What if there is? Have you done the things that you needed to do to be ready for someone forever? I don't know. That's just something you got to ask yourself. Everybody's different. Everybody's different. And maybe you feel like, yes, I have, because I do have friends. I do have friends that say that, or that I look at their lives and I'm like, they, 
they're waiting for someone to love them well, and they really are loving themselves. And honestly, that conversation, I think that A, they would be better to lead and B, I think it is a, I don't know all of the answers, but I do know that there's always something in the waiting. God absolutely does not waste a single season, a single situation. There's nothing that's wasted. So there's always uh, an intimacy, intimacy with him that can be, I don't know, improved or closer or something like that. I think that's always where I kind of want to turn whenever I feel like I'm in a scarcity mindset is, but what does God have for me? What does God promise me? And he doesn't promise us an easy life by any means, but he does promise us, you know, an identity that is very concrete and that is very fulfilling. Now, I don't mean for that to sound any other way, but hopeful. So I'm just circling back to the question, instead of living in that scarcity mindset, find hope in the promises of God. And I want you to ask the question, but what if there is someone out there? If he looked at my life right now, would he want to be a part of it? Or would he be like, I mean, you're kind of settling for, (laughs) what if he evaluated your exes? I saw that was a trend on TikTok. The the husband would rate the girl's exes. What if he would do that? Is he like, oh, I'm one of them? You know, would he would he think that you were settling for him? Or would he think, oh, wow, you know, we're equal. Like we both really have our stuff together and we really know who we are and know what we want for the other person, from the other person, for the other person and for our future. Yeah. I just think that's the question that we need to be asking because we need to be living outside of the scarcity mindset. Our lives, imagine if we could just live with the confidence that we desire. Imagine if we just risked it and let go of the things that are giving us that Twinkie fulfillment, that temporary gross. It just never breaks down. (gasps) It never breaks down. Yeah, Someone's going to be like, no, it actually does. That was just like a rumor, but... uh, (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Um, I think I've seen those things. They don't break, break down fast enough. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. It's like this Twinkie is 400 years old. Not 400, obviously, you know what I mean? Um, The last thing I I wanted to say this, this is something that my friend Carly and I talked about a lot when we were both dating is the book slash movie, He's Just Not That Into You. Mm. And it is so good. It is so good. That, and, and that's one of the things that I've seen is like sometimes... When you're dating some, when someone isn't like showing up for you the way that you deserve, sometimes they are not capable of doing that, which is great to know. And so goodbye, see you later, work on that in your own life. And I hope, I hope you get there so that you can have like a great relationship, but I'm not going to be the one to like, A, teach you those things or wait until you have those figured out. That's not your job. Yeah. Um. But then I think that there are other people who like aren't a good fit for each other or like... Um, for sure. Like I had someone tell me that they liked me. I've definitely said this on the show before, but I had someone tell me that they were like 90% sure about me. Like, and I spent a lot of time with this person. This person saw like all the best of me that they that I had to offer. And they were like, yeah, I like like you like 80 or 90%. 
what in the world? Like, what does that even mean? What does that mean? And like, am I supposed to like earn the last 10 or like, I don't know. But I think that there are people who like, you know, maybe come at the wrong time in our life or it's just not a right fit. Most of the people that we meet are not going to be the right fit for us. And so I think some of the time, what is happening is like, is that this isn't this, you're not the right person for this. You're not the like... Like wrong it's just, time, it's right just, person? Yeah, or just wrong person. And so yeah. like, and I think a lot of times when someone is is the wrong person for us, we don't know how to handle that. So like, I know we do this too, where we kind of will lead people on or we'll kind of keep someone around because it feels good to be wanted. Yeah. Um, or like, you know, we'll kind of date them or, you know, we're dating them, kind of trying to see if this is going to turn into something and then it doesn't. And we don't, but we don't know how to like, end it well. So mm-hmm. sometimes that's what's, what's happening um, on the other end is like, it's just not the right thing. And that person doesn't know how to tell you or they're still trying to figure it out or they're bad at telling you. But I think that like, we really can trust that when it's the right thing, you'll that person will tr- like, I think you know it's the right thing because of how that person treats you. Like yeah. that's the sign. You don't need any other sign than that. And it doesn't mean that's your exactly. like future husband or spouse or something. It's like, there's still more to figure out because there can be more than one person that treats you well. There should be. Right. But like, I just, I think we've seen like guy friends or girlfriends of ours where they just were kind of like shady with pretty much everybody. But then they met the person who was like, they just were like, whoa, this person is it for me. And like, they just went all in. And so mm-hmm. I think that like, we, how we are treated by a person, like, if he really likes you, you'll know it. Yeah, absolutely. And I even had a um, a friend in college that I had a crush on. He had a crush on me. It was, you know, we both, it, we both, I don't know, treated the other one really well. It was great, except that we weren't in a committed, we weren't in a relationship at all or a situation or anything. We we're just really good friends. But the thing that I think always held me back was he was always confused about, who he liked and if he liked him enough. And I was just like, I don't want to be a, a, I want you to know. I want you to know without a shadow of a doubt that you want to be with me. I want you to want to come meet my family. I want you to want to spend time with me and take me on dates and all of those things. And guess what? Justin wanted to do those things. The husband, my husband wanted to take me on dates. He wanted to spend time with me. My family came over to my apartment two weeks after me and Justin met and he's very tall. So we needed something hung and he came over and just hung it and like met my family and it was casual and it's like not a big deal, but it was also a huge deal. Yeah. You know, like yeah. that, those are the things that you're like, Oh, Oh, Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. And like you don't have to force it. Like if, yeah. you're, if it's, if you're having to force it, something is wrong. Mm-hmm. And I, and I wish that, and it's not wrong with you. It's just, not the right thing or not the right time. But I I just feel like I forced so many things where I tried to earn that last 10% to make the other person sure or whatever. And I just, when it was actually the right person at the right time or someone who could be the right person, it just, you didn't, I just didn't have to force it. Yeah. And I'm willing to bet that if someone's listening to this and they're squirming in their seat and they're just like, very uncomfortable with this part of the conversation that they're probably having to force something. Yeah. And they're wondering, I mean, are we sure there. there's something better out there? Yeah. 
And just from my experience, that's the only thing I can speak to is yes. That's from my experience. From my experience, there was something so much better out there. And I would even say like, I mean, same. I would even say I would rather be by myself than be with someone who I had to force to be with me. Right. I would rather be by myself traveling to Europe, spending my time doing things that going to seminars, going to conferences, meeting new friends. Like I would rather be spending my time doing that than sitting by my phone, wondering if I was going to get a text back from someone that I felt like it was pulling teeth to even want to value me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, I think I could date myself better. Like I think I could marry myself better. Yeah, exactly. Than, than that and have, and have a better relationship. So yeah, there's better. Like no matter exactly. what it looks like, there's better um, than, than having to like force a relationship that just isn't, that isn't working. Yeah. 100%. Don't date a boo Don't date a boo dude. Full circle. Ainsley, I love you. Um, We're going to link to all of your things, um, to your book, to your podcast, um, to everything um, on our show notes. But I just, I'm so grateful for you. Thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for being part of our Girls Night fam. Um, And thank you for just being such a wise, wonderful like friend mentor. No, you are the absolute best. I love everything that you do. And I'm just honored to be a part of it and to get to hang out. This is my favorite excuse to just get to hang out with each other and Uh (laughs) talk. (laughs) Really, this is for us. So thanks guys for giving us an extra excuse. Not like we needed one to hang out. (laughs) Exactly. Thanks friends. Yeah. You guys, isn't Ainsley amazing? I just love her and I loved this conversation. Now, don't forget that if you ever want to find the links for anything we talked about in our Girls' Night episodes, you can always find those over in our show notes. Just head over to girlsnightpodcast.com and you'll find links for everything, including links for Ainsley so you can pick up her book, listen to her podcast, and follow along with all the great stuff she's doing. All right, friends, that's it for today's episode, but we have so much good stuff ahead this season. And with that in mind, now is the perfect time to make sure you're subscribed. Subscribing to the show is the best way to make sure you never miss an episode. It won't send you an email or anything. It just makes sure that your phone downloads the latest episode when a new one's released. And I did want to take a quick second to ask you all a favor. If you enjoyed this episode or if you've been a Girls' Night fan for a while now, would you take just two quick seconds to leave us a rating and a review on iTunes? Those reviews help out our podcast so much and it really would mean the world to me. So if you take two quick seconds to do that, I'd be so grateful. Friends, thanks so much for joining me for Girls' Night. I'll see you next week.